Okay, so apparently I recorded about 20, <laughs> I spoke for about 20 minutes thinking that I was recording and I wasn't. Um, so I'll give you the abridged version, um, very much so abridged. I'll give you the footnotes. God is in control. <laughs> um, we talked about John chapter five, um, at the top where a man was at the, uh, he was at, uh, he was at the pool, um, trying on his own accord to get healed, right? Who can blame him? Who can blame him? He, he didn't know anything about a savior. Who could blame this guy, right? Jesus comes to him and he says, look, um, do you want to be healed? And of course he wants to be healed. He's at the, he's at the well. But G what Jesus was asking him was, do you want to be healed for sure? Not temporarily, not by your not on your own volition are you tired of doing things your way it's gotten you nowhere you've been sick for 38 years do you want to be healed like really healed not just of not just of this um physical ailment but do you want to be healed of your sin sickness do you want to be healed from the reason for why you're you're sick do you want to be healed um to this, the man said, yes. Um, um, he goes around town and everybody's like, fam, you couldn't walk before. And he's like, look, the man healed me. This man healed me and he he didn't know his name. And it was like, well, he ain't supposed to be healing on the Sabbath. <laughs> uh, that's that's always going to kill me. Like, fam, I'm 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 healed now. And y'all are worried about someone, quote unquote, breaking your law. Um, so. So, uh, you know, Jesus returns to this man and he says, look, oh, I see you well. You made well. That's what's up. Um, sin no more unless you may face a more, you know, you know, unless something worse will happen to you. Um, what that thing, what like what can be worse than not being able to walk? We don't know, but we know the ultimate thing is that sin would cause is um, eternal separation from God. That is most. That is the worst thing that could happen to us. What is eternal separation from God? Um, well, we would call that hell um, in, in short. But what is hell? Hell is yes. Yes, hell is um, fire and brimstone. Yes, hell is the lake of fire. Yes, hell is the place where um, the enemy and all his um, followers and, you know, and all the children that didn't believe in, in Jesus and all the, all the people that didn't put their trust in Jesus um, is what I should say. Um, um, and, you know, that's yes, it's it's all of those things. But more importantly, hell is eternal separation from God. The thing that we think that we want, right? The thing that we think that we want. We think that we 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 think that we want to do our own thing. We think that we don't want God's goodness. We think that we can make it without it. We think that we're good without it and without him. And Jesus says, "Okay." God says, "Okay." But we find out we're going to find out today that Jesus says, OK, because Jesus is judge. God had made Jesus judge, um, you know, further proving that he is he is not just like God, but he is equal with God. Um, but we will get into that. Um, but, you know, we find out that God is a healer. We find that 
find out that Jesus is who he says that he is. And they're becoming, the Pharisees are now becoming increasingly upset about this. Um, we are in a time, and you know, the day is um, April 7th. Um, 2020 and we are currently in the time of the coronavirus um, pandemic but I believe that someone will be listening to this podcast years from now <laughs> listening to this audio at least who knows what technology they'll come up with in the next 10 or 5 years but someone will be listening to this and say look I remember that time. That was a crazy time. And God brought us through even that time. And um, and his prophets and the teachers of God said that it would be so because his word is true. OK, um, but we're going to get into John five and, and start. We're going to finish off John five and start off uh, John chapter six. Um, and you might be familiar with uh, one of some of the stories that we talk about in John six. We won't finish John six just the way that my um, my span, my, you know, my my just the way from what I planned today. You know, it's not set up that way. But, um, you know, because it's, it's weighty. John six is pretty long. And uh, but yeah, five and finishing off five and going into six. Um, I prayed already, but I'll pray again because you guys didn't hear me. The Lord heard me, but you guys didn't. So we'll pray right now. Father God, in the name of Jesus, we thank you, Lord God, for being with us in this time of of reflection and time of devotion and meditation on your word. Lord God, teach us many, 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 many wonderful things about you that we did not know before. Thank you for being with us. Thank you that we are not only able to know about you but we are able to know about you in america at least when and whenever we want to there's so many mediums and ways that you make yourself known to us you not only make yourself known in the winds and in the waves and in the trees and in the um and in the leaves and um all of these things that we can like physically see like oh snap there is a god somewhere and there is it, you know, but you have written your word on our hearts. You have written your law on our hearts, as your word says. Um, but you also find ways even now in this modern, quote unquote, modern era of technology to make yourself known through podcasting, through videography, through things of of that nature, social media and all of these things. And as believers, we utilize all of these things to make your name known. It is already great, but to make your name greater, greater in the sense that more and more people know about you. It's already great, but we want people to know that it's great. So we love you. We glorify you. And we thank you for being with us. Um, um, as we, you know, you're always with us, but as we go through this, thank you for being with us as we read your word. So we love you. We praise you. We glorify you. It is in your precious son, Jesus name we pray. Amen. Okay. So we're going to continue on in our, um, who's the man series. You know, we've been doing a lot of, um, reading through the Psalms cause you know, just promoting peace and promoting, um, the God of peace and, you know, seeing, look, 
this there's something to this. <laughs> um, I hope that is bringing you peace and solace and meditation on his word and seeing like, look, he protects the righteous. He protects those who do his will. He protects those who are in Christ. Okay. Um, it is very important. I always say this. I am always going to say this. Jesus is beneficial, not just for this life, not just for the next life, but for this life as well. He's beneficial for this life as well as the next. So here we go. We're going to get into it. Um, John chapter five, verse 30. Oh, sorry. Verse 25. We'll start there. We're going to start there. Right. And it reads. And I assure you that the time is coming. Indeed, it's here now. When the dead will hear my voice, the voice of the Son of God, and those who listen will live. The Father has life in himself, and he has granted that same life-giving power to his Son. And he has given him authority to judge everyone because he is the Son of Man. Don't be surprised. Indeed, the time is coming when all the dead in their graves will hear the voice of God's Son, and they will rise again. Those who have done good will rise to experience eternal life, and those who continue in evil will rise to experience judgment. I can do nothing on my own. I judge as God tells me. Therefore, my judgment is just, because I carry out the will of the one who sent me, not my own will. If I were to testify on my own behalf, my testimony would not be valid. But someone else is also testifying about me, and I assure you that everything he says about me is true. In fact, you sent investigators to listen to John the Baptist, and his testimony about me was true. Of course, I have no need of human witnesses, but I say these things so that you might be saved. John was like a burning and shining lamp, and you were excited for a while about his message. But I have a greater witness than John. My teachings and my miracles. The Father gave me these. Excuse me. The Father gave me these works to accomplish, and they work, and they prove that He sent me. And the Father who sent me has testified about Himself. You have never heard his voice or seen him face to face. And you do not have his message in your hearts because you do not believe me. The one he sent to you. You search the scriptures because you think they give you eternal life. But the scriptures point to me. Yet you refuse to come to me to receive this life. Your approval means nothing to me. Your approval means nothing to me because I know you don't have God's love within you for I have come to you in my father's name and you have rejected me. Yet, yet if others come in their own name, you gladly welcome them. No wonder you can't believe for you gladly honor each other but you don't care about the honor that comes from the one who alone is God. Yet it isn't I who will accuse you before the Father. Moses will accuse you. Yes, Moses in whom you put your hopes. If you really believed Moses, you would believe me because he wrote about me. But since you don't believe what he wrote, 
How will you believe what I say? Ah, I think um, a lot of times we'll read harsh scriptures like this. That's that that's ending um, John chapter five. I think a lot of times we read harsh scriptures like this and we think, okay, God, God is like, there's what's the, what's the catch behind you? You know, like what's the catch behind this? This is very harsh. This is a very harsh read. Like, okay, so how is Keith going to smooth this over? I'm sorry, I, I'm not coming to your rescue this time. I can't. And I'm not saying that I've watered down the scriptures thus far. I don't believe that I have. But there's no, sometimes it just is what it is. And I, I like to believe that I'm an advocate for that. I like to believe that I've been advocating for that in that way and pulling no punches when it comes to the gospel or I would be doing a disservice to you. I don't believe that I'm doing a disservice to you. I don't. I don't, and I would be if I would try to sugarcoat whatever Jesus is saying. I remember, like as a as a as a younger believer in Christ, I was like a teenager or whatever. I used to hate to read Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. I used to hate to read the Gospels because I'm looking at I'm looking at the Gospels and I'm just looking at like how plainly Jesus would say things. He was like, man, if you he was like, if you don't love me, he was like, if you don't hate your mother and your father, you 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 have no part with me. And it was like, wait, what? <laughs> and of course, it didn't mean it didn't mean hate in the literal sense. It meant love. If you love your mother and your father more than you love me then you have no part with me. It was to say, like, if there's anything that can keep you from me, there's nothing that, you know I mean? If there's anything that can keep you from me, then what are we doing? You know, um, and that's and that's how you smooth that over. Like, oh, yeah, like, well, literally, it doesn't mean that literally. Hate means if you love them more than you love me, that's, but like here, I, I can't really pull any punches. I am reading from the New Living Translation. It is a very basic translation. <laughs> so, um, I just want to, I just want to let you know that, that I'm not trying to water down the gospel of Jesus Christ. I'm not trying to water down anything that the Lord has said. I think enough people do that. I'm here to give you the truth. I'm here to tell you what thus saith the Lord and get out of the way. I'd be a very poor prophet if I did anything else. All right. So let's, like we always do, let's start at John chapter 25 and we'll break it down. I've highlighted things this week, so uh, I have some poignant things to discuss and unpack. And I assure you that the time is coming, indeed is here now, when the dead will hear my voice, the voice of the Son of God, and those who listen will live. Now, it's like, well, what does that mean? What does that mean? The dead will hear my voice. Um, I'm not entirely sure, but um, we know, we know, okay, thank you, Lord. I am entirely sure. <laughs> the dead, when when the Bible speaks of the dead, it is those who are lost, those who do not, who not, who are not alive in the, in Christ. If you've been following this podcast, you understand that we are walking dead. We are the walking dead, as I said before. Um, if, if we, if we're not alive in Christ, then we are dead. We are dead in our sins. And he says, like, so any anybody that's not believing is dead. 
So like, you know, I, I, my dad, you know, he, he's a pastor and he, 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 he puts an emphasis on this. He's like, well, we're, he's like, we're still in the land of, you know, a lot of people they'll say in the land of the living, my dad will always say we're, we're still in the land of the dying, which is even more poignant and even more true. We're still in the land of the dying. People are dying. They're dying to deaths. They're dying a physical death as well as a spiritual death. Which one is more important? That spiritual death is infinite, instantaneously, monumentally more important. If, as believers, if we die, we only die once, because then we'll, you know, to live is Christ and to die is gain, as we we've talked about before. Again, if you if this is your first time listening to this podcast, I beg you to go back and listen to the other ones. Don't just start here. Please, I mean, it's it's cool if you do, but please go back and listen because I don't know if I can explain everything. Um, but, but yes, so when it says like it, the time is coming and it is even here now, he's saying, look, I'm doing it right now. This is happening right now. The dead will hear my voice prior to you being in Christ. You are dead to Christ. To in order to get life, you must get life itself. In order to be living, you must get life itself. Who is life? What is life? The word is life. The word brings life. Who is the word? Jesus is the word. You must have Jesus to have life. To be living. The word says, Jesus himself says, and this is Jesus speaking in this in the text that we just read. But the word says. Jesus himself says, Satan comes to steal, kill, and destroy. But I have come that you might have what? I have come that you might have life and to have it more abundantly. So not just life, but have life more abundantly. And we'll, we'll see, and I'm, we'll get into it um, further down the road in chapter 6. We'll see that Jesus does everything. Everything that Jesus does, he does it in, in abundance. Okay. So, yeah, so we just read that Um, about, so that was only verse one. Okay. That was only verse 25. Okay. And I assure you that the time is coming. Indeed is here now when the dead, us without Jesus, the dead will hear my voice, the voice of the son of God. And those who listen will live. Do you know that there's a difference between hearing and listening? You know, so like a lot of times it's like, you know, you, you might have heard your mother said, you like, are you, are you, are you listening to me? And, and then you say, I hear you. And he's like, but are you listening? You can hear something to hear something just knows that you, that you, you're recognizing that there's a noise to listen means to comprehend. To listen means to understand and, or the will to understand. To listen means to take in. So if you take in, if you take in what Jesus is saying, if you're taking it in, if you're listening to him, and if you like, if listening is active, hearing, hearing is passive. Thank you, Lord. Hearing is passive. Listening is active. If you are listening to the words of God, if you are listening to him, if you are taking it in, man, like. And those who listen will live like there's life in what Jesus says. There's life in his words. There's life in the word of God. You will live.
Verse 26, the father has life in himself. See, I, I don't lie to y'all. <laughs> I don't. Oh, man, the father has life in himself and he has granted that same life giving power to who? To his son. So God has Jesus has the same power as God. But wow, if Jesus has the same power as God, wouldn't that make him equal with God? Yes, it would. The, the father has life in himself and he has granted that same life giving power to his son. And we'll, we're going to find out why. And he has given him authority to judge everyone because he is the son of man. Now, like, OK, wait, OK, we get it. So you given you you've given Jesus power to judge everyone. OK, why is that? Because he's the perfect judge. Why is he the perfect judge? Because he's the son of man. What does it mean to be the son of man? To to be the son of man is, well, well, it's only one way to be the son of man, and that's to be Jesus. But essentially, Jesus, like I tell you every podcast, I try to tell you every episode, Jesus is the bridge. Jesus is the bridge between God and man. Jesus is the bridge. Jesus is the bridge. Jesus, I can't stress it enough. What is a bridge, Keith? You know what a bridge is. That is how you get from one, from over from one place to another. A place that was once there. Oh, thank you, Lord. A place where there once was a gap where, where usually there's no way to get across to. That's where you place a bridge. There's a gap between us. Prior to Jesus coming, there was a gap. There was this impenetrable gap. There was this gap that could not be um, closed up. There was a gap that could not be breached because it's God and there's man. There is now no connection and God always wanted to be connected. Sin disconnected us. Sin disconnected us from God. God said, look, but I need to be connected. I want to be connected. I want to be in relationship with these people. What is the bridge? Jesus is the bridge. I'm going to create a bridge because I need to get over to these people because they're not going to come to me because their sin won't allow them to. But my goodness, my goodness will create a bridge that will bridge the gap between God and man. I will create the God man, mm, which is the bridge, son of man. So now, but OK, well, that doesn't really explain how Jesus can be the judge. No, it, ex it exactly explains how Jesus can be the perfect judge because Jesus is not only God, but Jesus is man as well. He's fully God, fully man, perfect judge. So I experienced everything that I experienced, everything that you experience. I've experienced loss. I've experienced temptation. I've experienced sadness. I've experienced joy. I've experienced happiness. I've experienced love. I've experienced, um, you know, I've experienced lust. I know what lust does. Like, it's like, well, let, 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 wait, 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 let me back up. <laughs> let me back up. Because Jesus, I'll say this, Jesus experienced the temptation of every sin. 
Thank you, Lord. Jesus experienced every temptation of every sin, but Jesus knew no sin. Jesus never sinned. So don't let anyone tell you that like, well, if Jesus was a man, then he sinned and this, that, and he must have had this and he must have did that. No, no, no. Perfect judge. Understand this. I'm the perfect judge. I've experienced, I've, I've known all of these temptations. I've known all of the human emotions, but I did not sin at all. So I can be the perfect judge. I'm the perfect, but not only that, we'll, we'll, we'll stick to the judge part, but I do want to give you good news. Jesus is not only judge, but he's the perfect propitiation, propitiation for us. And what is a propitiation? Simply put, propitiation is something that is put in place. Like, so here's the deal. If Jesus, here's, here's the deal. Mm, thank you, Lord. And we only in verse two. Sheesh, how are we going to get through this today? Lord, help. Mm, we'll be glad to be on the other end of this. Lord, <laughs> Lord, please. What is a propitiation? Understand this. Here's the thing about the gospel that people need to understand. God could have not could have not sent Jesus and would have been fully justified in not sending Jesus to be the you know to be to be to die in place of our sins. I'm still trying to answer your question that you didn't ask about propitiation. So what is Jesus? So God could have been justified. We would have died in our sin. And we would have been apart from God because sin separates us from God. We would have been eternally separated from God. Why? Because there was sin. Why? Because something had something or someone had to pay for our sins. Without Jesus, the only one left to pay for you and my, your sin and mine is ourselves. I would have to pay for my sins. You would have to pay for your sins. God is like, someone still has to pay. I'm not playing with this sin thing. Someone has to pay. I mean it because I'm just, I'm just, if I'm, if something, God is not just if, if, if he sees a murderer, if, or if he sees a murder happen and nothing happens. We always talk about how God is unfair and this, that, and the third. No, he's so fair. He's so fair. He's beyond fair. And, and if he wasn't fair, he'd still be God. But he is fair. He's more than fair. And, and he's fair in the ways in which he should be fair. And he's unfair in the ways that he doesn't have to be fair and, and deems it not necessary to be fair. I'll say this. Favor ain't fair. That's number one. We'll say that. And, and you know, that's another podcast, another time. But again, propitiation for our sin. I'm trying to walk you through this and help you understand this better, please, so that you can explain this better to people. Because um, the thing is, a lot of us, we believe and we're like, well, we good with believing. I believe. I don't know why y'all don't believe. We should be able to explain to people our faith. And even me explaining this to you should help even further solidify you in your faith. So a lot of people, they'll, take, they'll say to me, your faith is so strong. My faith is so strong is because... I like this. God continues to pile up reasons to believe. <laughs> There's so many reasons to believe. It it's starting to take more faith to to not believe. Not even starting. It would take 
Like an atheist has to have way more faith than a Christian. And I'm getting off topic. Propitiation. God won't let me. Propitiation. So someone has to pay for the sin. God, God, God has to judge sin. He has to judge it. So what he said was, you know what? Someone has to pay for this. I don't want to be away from these people. I want them to be in my circumference. I want to know them just like I knew Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden when things were perfect. I remember when everything was perfect. God is so romantic. God is so in love with us. God is like, look, I want to be I want to be in relationship with these people like I had intended from the very beginning. So, you know what? I know they're not going to do right. So guess what? I'm going to come down. I'm going to become one of them to bridge that gap between them and myself. I'll become like them to bridge that gap. But because he became like us, he now he now can judge. And he, well, he could have judged before, but he's like, look, I'm going to allow my son to judge because my son knows my son will be able to judge righteously. My son will be able to judge perfectly because he's not only God, but he's man as well. He's the perfect judge. So I'll give him that because there'll be no excuse. Like because he walked this earth and he told people. He told people, you know, so nobody can say, man, you never did this. God, you don't understand. You don't understand why this and that was like that. It was like, no, I do understand more than you'll ever know. I do understand. I was marred beyond recognition for this. So he sends his son. Verse 25 or where am I? 20. No, 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 no. 27. And he has given authority to judge everyone. Everyone, because he is the son of man. Propitiation. Sorry. Jesus died in our place. That's what propitiation is. There's like, so there's a song. There's an older song. I'm not going to say who was by, but some people like, I'm not even going to say who it was, but there's a song that says Jesus dropped the charges. Right. And it's, it's like, it's a nice catchy song. It's an older song. You might've heard your grandparents or your parents singing it. Jesus dropped the charges. Right. It's cool. It's kind of funny to sing for me, but it's not true. The charges weren't dropped. Jesus took on all of those charges. He paid for what we should have paid for. The charges weren't dropped. They were executed. The charges, the charges went through. We were guilty. We were guilty. Hook, line, sinker. We were dead to rights. We were caught red handed and Jesus said, I will die for them. Charges were not dropped. Thank you, Lord, for taking on this, taking on our punishment. That's why there's a song that says, um, hallelujah, you pay, you paid my ransom. There was a, we were bought with a price. God himself died for us to be in relationship with us. Verse 28, don't be surprised. Indeed, the time is coming when all the dead, remember what dead means, 
when all the dead in their graves will hear the voice of God's son and they will rise again. Those who have done good. So now they're talking about what, what gets talked about in Revelation. So everyone, you know, at some point, and this is why it took me so long. I'm like, man, I don't really want to talk about this right now. <laughs> but um, simply put, and we'll, we, I know we'll do a Revelation series, Lord willing, one day um, as best as we can. The Lord is going to have to give much, much, much grace because there's so many interpretations on Revelation. But, um, yes, God, so D Jesus is talking about when he comes to judge. So he's, everyone is going to rise <laughs> dead. If you dead, you're going to be, you're going to, you're going to come up out of your grave and God is going to judge each and every last single one of us for us, for us it said that like, you know, we, we're, we're going to pass into another judgment it's it's not this it's a different judgment we're going to be judged by what we did for christ and and what we didn't do for christ the word says only what you do for christ will last so all the things that we didn't do for christ the bible says is going to be burnt up like all the things that we did all the all the things that we didn't do for christ all the stuff that we thought that we did for christ and we didn't do for christ some stuff we lied to ourselves about and said that we did for christ but we really did it for ourselves it's going to be burnt up only what you do for christ will last and so you know at the end we'll we'll get our crowns and you know we just be like hosanna them like we just be glad to be there but we'll have crowns and we'll have crowns to lay at Jesus's feet to lay at God's feet and say hosanna 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 all day and all night we'll just be praising him all day and all night all day and all day as i said before um but for those who don't believe in who have not given their lives to Christ for those who've not made him the propitiation for their sin, it's to say, look, you're I'm good. I'm good. I'm going to do it myself. So Jesus, like, you know, so all these times that they put Jesus on trial and said, look, nope, I got it. Jesus is going to judge and say, look, here's the law. Here's the law that was written on your heart. Here's the law that's quote unquote you were saying was going to make you a good person and all of that type of stuff. No, it doesn't. You decided to live this life without me. And you needed me. I was the bridge. I didn't, I didn't want you. I know. <laughs> well, no one explained it to me like this. Well, I look, I, I stand at the door of your heart and I knock. There's, there's going to be no excuse. God gives people chance after 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 chance to accept him. If you've heard about Jesus, there's going to be no excuse. If you live in America, there is very little, very, 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 very little excuse not to not to know him and not to, you know, he's giving you a chance day after day. You see all these memes making fun of Jesus. You you see all of this, all of this stuff like that. You hear his name every day. You probably use it as a curse word. There's not going to be an excuse because God is a righteous judge. He is a just judge. So you're going to stand before him without him. Without him on your side. 
Because he's going to judge, period. But you're going to stand up there and say, I, 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 I decided to do this on my own. I decided not to receive you because I saw what receiving you would do. I saw the cost that I would have to pay. I was good on it. He's like, so you thought that you thought that losing your life, you thought that using your life and gaining my life, because that's really what it is. I lose my life. Take my life, Lord. My life is now yours. You thought that that was going to, you thought that I was going to accept this at the end of the road. You thought that you keeping your own life was more justified and more justifiable and it was straight. You thought that you were good enough to get in here on your own terms. What sense does that make? I think like it's, it's it, it doesn't make sense. Everyone is like, well, I want I like if you want heaven without God, then you don't want heaven. It's not heaven for you. You want to have you want to have your version of what fun is. Which is a lame version of fun, period. But, but it's like, look, I, I, I want, I want heaven, which means you just don't want hell. You don't want God. You just don't want hell. But not wanting God is hell. For for most people, this this earth is the only heaven that they will ever see. Is the closest that you'll get to heaven. Because he's here. He's moving. He's he's giving you grace upon grace. He's giving you time. He's giving, he's telling you, like, look, come to me. Come to me. I'm giving you grace. I'm showing you my goodness. I'm showing you my kindness. I'm letting you know. Look, 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 look. And you're like, nope, I'd rather this, I'd rather that, I'd rather do this, I'd rather do that. And I'd rather face hell when the time comes. Because you think like your mind is finite. You think that this is it. You think like, well, I'll face the consequences later. The consequences for now, the consequences for what you are doing now are are monument. I can't even, they're catastrophic. Receive him, please. Again, he said, I come that you might have life. You think God is trying to steal your fun. We think God is trying to steal our fun. He's like, I've come that you might have life and that you would have it more abundantly. I'm not trying to steal your fun. I'm trying to expound on the fun that you have again for this life and the next. <sighs> he is the propitiation for our sins. If he's not, if you don't want him to be, he won't force himself to be. He will implore himself to be. He will beg you to be. He'll look, 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 look. I want to be. I want to be that because you don't know the end of this road. I'm trying to tell you, please. Well, that's just that's just I don't want to serve a God like that. That would make me want. It's my earth. <laughs> it's my it's mine. The earth is the Lord's in the fullness thereof. And they that dwell therein, whether you like it or not, you are God's to do with whatever he so chooses. That's Romans nine, where it says the potter can't the pot can't say to the potter that I should be made like this and you should make me like this and you should do that. He does what he pleases. Let's just cut straight to the to the straight and narrow real quick. Let's like, like, you know, like, let's take, let's not be all, well, God is so loved. God is this and that. Let's not, even though he is, and we can't remove that, but real quick, real cut and dry, real logically, it's his earth. You know what I mean? 
It's my house. These are my rules. And I do love you. But a part of my love is my wrath. A part of my love, my, my being God, I'm not God, I'm speaking as God right now. But my love for you and my love for righteousness, my love for truth has to punish sin. It has to. Otherwise, I'm not just. Otherwise, I'm not I'm not all of these great things. People want the love without without the wrath. If I love something, then that means that I hate something, too. If I love something, then I hate the opposite of it most times. If I love truth, then I would hate lies. If I love if I love you, then I would hate you not being you. I would hate you not being the fullness of you. That's what God, that's what Jesus came to do is show us who we should be. Show us the the real reason we were intended to be in the first place. This is who you are in Christ. Who you are in Christ is your identity, is your true identity. And a lot of people won't reach that, won't reach their potential. We always talk about reaching our potential and stuff like that. It starts with Jesus. It starts with knowing God. And knowing knowing Jesus is knowing God. I'm sorry, I'm only on verse 29. I'm not sorry, but you know, you know how that goes. Those who have done good will rise to experience eternal life. See, so what does it mean? What well already? Those who have done good. See, I could just be good. No! <laughs> no, let me just let me finish. Those who have done good will rise to experience eternal life. And those who have continued in evil will rise to experience judgment. Those who have done good will rise to experience eternal life. And those who have continued in evil will rise to experience judgment. What do you mean? So that just means I don't need Jesus. I can do my own thing or I can I can just be good on my own. No. In order to do anything that is good, you have to receive Jesus. Ooh. So you telling me I've told you this already, but <laughs> you telling me you telling me that anything that I do outside of receiving Jesus, anything that I do outside of Christ, anything that I do not receiving Jesus, I'm evil, I'm wicked, everything that I do is bad. Yes. That is exactly what I'm saying. Well, I don't know, Keith. I don't know about that. I think I can still do good. I put my Bible down. I don't know, Keith. I think I can still do good and be good. I already explained this, and I'll explain it again. We do things for our own personal gain. It is human nature, and I love how we talk about human nature as if this is a good thing. It's not good to, to in human nature. It's when we say human nature, a lot of times we, what we really mean is fleshly nature. What we really mean is ungodly nature. It is human nature to look after self. It is human nature to be selfish. It is human nature to be, um, you know, to want to be self-sustaining to the point where we'll kill someone to, to you know, to, so that we can live. It is self-sustaining. It is, it is human nature to do whatever it is that we want to do and for the reasons why we want to do it. 
Well, I need to I need to make sure my daughter is straight. Why you need to make sure your daughter is straight? So you rob Peter. You you rob Peter to pay Paul so to make sure that your daughter is straight, which is which is sin. So you're robbing someone to pay someone off to do to do just so something good can happen. That's sin already. So you'll do whatever to get whatever it is that you feel you need to get there outside of Christ. We don't do things that are good. I don't care if it looks good. I don't care if it starts off as good. It ends up as scuba It ends up as evil. It ends up, it ends up as wicked because it is selfish. It is prideful. It's all of those things. It can be any of those things, but it's not good. Like, so those who do good, how can I do good? You do good. Number one, accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. Ooh, I'm losing a lot of listeners. I know I am. It's not about that. I, it's for the ones that are going to listen to this and say, look, I grab a hold on to this. I don't care if I got six of y'all in here. I'm going to finish this book. And I'm going to finish it with integrity for the gospel. You need him. I already talked to y'all about total depravity. It's a thing. You start off in sin. You're born in sin, shaping in iniquity. I'm trying to get, because a lot of people, they just hung up on that whole thing of like, no, I'm good. I'm good. No, you are not. <laughs> there is no such thing as good people. No one is good. No, not one. No one is good, the Bible says. No one is good. I don't care how good you think you are. You've done things with ill intent. Well, so what? That's every now and then. That's all it takes. That's all it takes. So like, let's take out for all the reasons for why you do good things or whatever. If you've ever sinned in your life, you have done enough. If you've ever sinned once in your life, you have done enough wrong to be judged and condemned and damned to hell. But let's talk about condemnation again. Um, we don't. Jesus doesn't condemn us. You condemn yourself for not believing and for not receiving him. So if you continue to do bad, then you get it. I think people people want us to people want us to make excuses for God. You want us to make excuses for him. You want us to say, well, no, 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 not your sin. No, you're straight. No, 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 your sin too. My sin too. If I don't turn it over to God, if I don't give it to God, if I don't say, if I don't say, look, I need you to, to, to take the rap from me. It's a rap for us. I'm not making excuses for the gospel. For it is the power unto salvation. I don't care how tough and how harsh it is. People think that it's not the gospel because it's, it's because it's tough and it's harsh. They're like, well, I don't know. It don't agree with my spirit. You, it shouldn't agree with the spirit that you got outside of Christ. It shouldn't. Not every spirit is a good spirit. We say spirit and, and we'll put the spirit in a lowercase s as if, wait, 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 what spirit are you talking about? Not every spirit is the Holy Spirit. Trust and believe that. 
It don't agree with your spirit. Your heart is deceitfully wicked above all things. It shouldn't. As long as it agrees with the spirit, I'm good. Sheesh. Um, I'm not mad at y'all. I'm mad at lies, man. So, uh, Psalm. I've been reading Psalms. Um, John 29. And they will rise again. Those who have done good will rise to experience eternal life. And those who have continued in evil will rise to experience judgment. I can do nothing on my own. This is what Jesus is saying. I can do nothing on. If Jesus can't do anything on his own, how much do you think you could do on your own? Okay. I can do nothing on my own. I judge as God tells me. Therefore, my judgment is just because I carry out the will of the one who sent me, not my own will. See, see, so now if Jesus carried out his own will, just like us, take, take Jesus out the equation. If, 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 um, if you go out there and you start judging on your own accord, so God is the standard. Thank you, Lord. You're just hopping in there. It's like, nah, bump that analogy. I got something for you. God is the standard. God is the standard. God is perfect. God is king. God is Lord. So Jesus, he's like, I'm not coming in my own in my own standard. I'm coming in my father's standard. So therefore, I'm not going to judge you according to how I feel. I'm not going to court it. I'm not going to judge you according to um, like, you know, what I think should be done. I'm going to judge you by the standard. Sheesh, that standard is righteousness. That standard is holiness. Dang. Good thing I'm God, so also I'm the standard too. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you, Lord. So when you're judged, so when you're you come to judge, I, my father no longer sees you. My father sees me. My father sees what I did. My father sees what I what the life I live. My father sees the the death that you should have died. My father sees me. And now he sees you how he wants to see you because he sees his firstborn in you. Jeez, that's nothing but the Lord. Therefore, my judgment is just because I carry out the will of the one who sent me, not my own will. Not my own will. Psalm, oh, Psalm. John, Lord, help me. John 31. If I were to testify on my own behalf, my testimony would not be valid. So let me, let, real quick. I got this guy who's in my um, direct messages from time to time. I like the guy, really smart guy, which is why I go back and forth with him. I'm like, okay, okay. I, I respect your opinion, but I also respect the value that is on your life. You know what I mean? Everyone's got value. I respect everyone's value, their, their value in, in their life. God values everyone's life. But this guy, he's very smart, very intellectual, so intellectual that he doesn't believe in Jesus, right? Or he believes in Jesus, but he doesn't believe that Jesus. So what was his point? He was saying like, Jesus didn't say these things about himself, so I don't believe in him. And I was like, no, he did say these things about himself because there's multiple testaments and testimonies and writings about Jesus saying these things. But well, he's like, well, he didn't write it himself. So 
I I'm not gonna believe it. He didn't write it about himself. And and my before I even knew that this was in the Bible, I said, well, it would make more sense. It would it's more of a credit that he didn't write it about himself because if he wrote it about himself, that'd be a weak testimony because no one else said it. So here it is. Jesus says this. If I were to testify on my own behalf, my testimony would not be valid. Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> Verse 32. But someone else is also testifying about me. And I assure you that everything he says about me is true. Who's that guy that is that is testifying about Jesus? You got to remember him. The forerunner. The forerunner. John the Baptist. Amen. John the Baptist. Um. Hmm. Losing my, my spot. But someone else is also testifying about me. And I assure you that everything he says about me is true. In fact, you sent investigators to listen to John the Baptist. And his testimony about me was true. So he, I believe he's talking to the, uh, to the Pharisees still. He was like, yo, so they even sent investigators to hear what John was saying about Jesus. And so they came back and Jesus was like, yeah, I know that y'all sent these investigators to hear what John was saying. Well, you know, cause I'm God and I know everything, but I know y'all sent them. And so John was telling the truth. He said nothing false about me and everything he was saying was true. I agree with what John was saying about me. Right. So John, what was John saying? We got to remember what John was saying. John was saying he is the Messiah. John was saying he's the one that Moses was talking about. John was saying he's the one that I've been telling you all about. He's the fulfillment of Moses's teachings. The one that we've been waiting for is here. But his testimony and in fact, you sent investigators to listen to John the Baptist and his testimony about me was true. Of course, I have no need of human witnesses. I have no need of human witnesses, but I say these things so that you might be saved. It's like, I be God regardless. I be the savior of the world regardless. Whether y'all believe it or not, I don't need human witnesses, but I'm telling y'all these things. I'm like, I am who I am, period. But I'm saying these things that you, so that y'all can be saved. That's why I'm telling you this. It's, it's, it's whether you believe it or not. It is what it is. I am that I am. I'm him. But I'm I'm not just saying it to say it. I'm not just saying I'm not saying it to boast at all. I'm saying these things so that you can believe on me and be saved. Verse 35. John was like a burning and shining lamp, and you were excited for a while about his message. But I have a greater witness than John. I have a greater witness than John. And that is my teachings and my miracles. The father gave me these works to accomplish and they proved that he sent me. So it was like, well, I thought Jesus was getting kind of fed up that cats. Cats was like trying to see the miracles and stuff. It's like, well, no, well, not necessarily. He was saying like, fam, like y'all only believing because I'm doing miracles. Y'all only believing because I'm doing miracles. No. Like without miracles, you won't believe. He's like, no, the, the miracles is supposed to be add on. The miracles is supposed to like confirm the miracles. And what the miracles were doing also were like it was him saying, like, I have lordship and I have power over my creation. I am him. 
It's not so that you can marvel, cause cats they were just marveling, and they were they were they weren't just believing that he were the he was the Messiah. They was like, yeah, he's he's this good teacher. Yes, he's this miracle worker. We're gonna follow this teacher slash miracle worker. It's like, no, I'm the savior of the world. So he he wasn't opposed to the miracles he was doing. Otherwise, why would he be doing them? But he was saying, he was saying like, look, this is to further prove this this is to 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 give you hope this is to let you know look i am i am that i am no one else was doing miracles prior to this real miracles no they weren't no one else was um um delivering people from sickness no one else was delivering people from evil spirits prior to jesus like yo, and then and then above that, look what he puts first. He puts his teachings first. So what's more important, the teachings or the miracles? I'll tell you what the ultimate miracle is. The ultimate miracle is us receiving Jesus as Lord and Savior. That is the ultimate miracle. To be saved is the ultimate miracle. If you never see another miracle in your life, see the miracle that God is continuing to work on your life. Sounds very preachy of me, but I'm being honest. Where are we? Teachings and miracles. The Father gave me these works to accomplish. So he gave me these works to accomplish. Like, everything that I'm doing, I was supposed to be doing. And they proved that he sent me. And the father who sent me has testified about me. So, like, let me back up. So, Jesus wasn't just doing these sporadic miracles and like, oh, yeah, I feel like doing miracles today. Everything that Jesus did, God had wanted him to do already. There's a funny meme, and I'll be honest, it, it was funny. There's a funny video about um, Jesus um, going down to heaven. So, this guy, he, he goes up to heaven. Uh, it's not a meme necessarily, but, you know, it's like one of those Instagram videos. It was a TikTok, I believe. It was funny. I laughed. But then I thought, I was like, wow, this is so wrong. And I'm going to use this as an example on my podcast. But, but so um, the guy, he's like, yo, thank you for welcoming, welcoming me into heaven. At first, I didn't believe in you. But, you know, when Jesus started walking on water and healing people and doing this, that, and the third. And God was like, wait a minute, what? Or the God in the video. He was like, what? He was like, Jesus. So he calls Jesus in the room. And we know that's not true. Jesus is sitting on the right hand of the Father. And he goes, Yes, this is how my mind works when I'm watching heresy and um, hypocrisy and uh, blaspheming videos. Sorry. Um, But, um, you know, Jesus, he he walks in the room. He was like, yo. And God was like, I ain't send you down there to be doing all that extra stuff. He like, he was like, what I send you down there for? He was like, to save people. He's like, what you, he was like, you know, that was it. He was like, you out, out there walking on water and doing all this extra stuff. Right. And it was, so it was funny. It made me laugh. But it's not true. Everything that Jesus did, walking on water, all of that, the whole nine, he only did what God told him to do. He only did what God was telling him to do. Only that. Okay. So Jesus wasn't just going rogue at times and just wanting to heal people and wanting to do certain things just because, oh, I feel like doing it. It all had a purpose. Because God gave him the purpose. Verse 38. Oh, wait, wait. Let me back up. 
verse 37. And the father who sent me has testified about himself. See, you have never heard his voice or seen him face to face. And you do not have his message in your hearts because you do not believe the one he sent to you. Like you don't have his word and you don't have his message in your heart because you don't believe me. He sent me. You search the scriptures because, the, again, the Pharisees, you search the scriptures because you think they give you eternal life. How often do you see people do that? They'll take they'll take the scriptures and then be like, oh, snap, like I'll be saved off of this scripture. I'll be. How often do you see that? You know, what I mean, like in so many in so many ways. Like, oh, you think a scripture saves you? It's like, no, 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 no. It's what the scripture says. Follow what the scripture says. I'm speaking for Jesus and I don't mean to. Let me back up because Jesus already said it. You search the scriptures because you think they give you eternal life. But the scriptures point to me. Yet you refuse to come to me to receive this life. Everybody, you know, you'll you'll hear people talk about how scriptures, they contradict them. They contradict themselves and things of that nature. No, they testify about Jesus. I keep telling you this. Um, Moses. If you see Moses, you're going like you're going to you're going to see a little Christ. You see David, you're going to see remnants of Jesus in stories about David. If you see um, Noah, you're going to see remnants of, of Jesus and Noah, even Jonah, who got swallowed up by uh, who got swallowed up by a big fish. Or I think it was a whale. Even Jesus said, I'm not sure. But. Well, Jesus said it was a whale. Right. So Jesus says in scripture, he says, surely just as surely as you as as Jonah was in the belly of the whale for three days, surely the son of man will be in um in the um will be in the earth for three days and he'll, and he'll rise up. He was like, so you believe if you believe Jonah, if you believe that he if you believe that story, then it should be nothing for you to believe that I was in the grave for three days and rose. So Jesus is scripture. Jesus is truly the word in more facets in more facets than one. Jesus is the word of God. The word is Jesus. And I, I, I tried to, I tried to tell this person she was like, "Well, what do you mean? The the Bible this and that." Da, 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 da. I'm like, "Listen, you she's like the Bible's missing books." I'm like, "You cannot tell the Bible what to put in it. The Bible was designed because it is a series of books. Don't get me wrong. It is a series of books. The Bible, the library that is the Bible comprised of 66 books. Men did put that together. We believe, however, that they were divinely inspired to put these books, to put these books in this catalog that we know as the Bible, the Biblia, the Biblia, the, um, you know, that, well, that's what it is. Right. And so. But what do we get from that? These books are telling about Jesus. These books are telling the story about Jesus. So that's why you don't have all of these other books in there. Forget all the other reasons why you don't have them in there. But they don't tell you the story about Jesus. These books are in the Bible because they're referring to Jesus. Jesus is referring to these books. Jesus himself, which is why they're in there above all the other reasons, because there's multiple reasons. There's the Apocrypha. There's there's the Red, the Dead Sea Scrolls that people think you should put in the Bible. All of these things. They're not in there because they don't tell the story about Jesus. 
Forget about all the um, gene- genealogical inaccuracies and, and all of the geographical inaccuracies for why they're not in the Bible. They're not in the Bible because they don't tell you the accurate depiction of Jesus Christ. Period. Hmm. I promise Um, chapter six is going to I do have to push through. Because I need to get through this. Because we'll we'll wallow here forever. You search the scriptures because you think they give you eternal life. But the scriptures point to me. Yet you refuse to come to me to receive this life. Your approval means nothing to me. Your approval means nothing to me. Your approval means nothing to me. We got to be more like Jesus. Because I know you don't have God's love within you. That's what pleases God. That's what he wants. He wants himself. Like, I am God's love. (laughs) You don't have me. I am him. For I have come to you in my father's name and you have rejected me. Yet. See see how that's placed? One could. One. I think one would be right. I don't think that would be too wrong. I don't think they would be doing too much eisegesis, if anything at all, eisegesis, if any at all, to say that verse 42 and verse 43 go hand in hand. Because I know you, because I know you don't have God's love within you. What is God's love? For I have come to you, God's love has come to you. In my father's name. And you have rejected me. You don't have me in you. Because you rejected me. Mm-hmm. Yet. Others come in their own name. You gladly welcome them. Look, So we welcome the Cardi B's. We welcome the Beyonce's. We welcome the Jay-Z's. We welcome the. Dare I say the Donald Trump. Some of us do. And vehemently. And some of us. You're very religious. Donald Trump is a religion. Hmm. They follow this man blindly. They, and he, he's coming his own name and they follow this man. So many other people. We, we see it. The Kobe Bryants, you know, and, and so on and so forth, you know. You know, they, they come in their own name and we receive them and we honor them and all of that type of stuff. We do it. We, you gladly welcome them is what the word says. It says, no wonder you can't believe. For you gladly honor each other, but you don't care about the honor that comes from the one who alone is God. Like, there's only one God. And there's, so there's, so it's mad at y'all. <laughs> Thank you, Lord. It's mad at y'all and one of me. And you don't honor, you don't honor that. But you honor each other. I'm the most honorable thing that there would be. If there should be someone that you should want to be pleased by, it should be me. There's only one of me. There's mad of y'all. Verse 45. Yet it isn't I who will accuse you before the father. Moses will accuse you. Why is Moses significant? We'll see. Yes, Moses in whom you put your hopes. If you really believed Moses, you would believe me because he wrote about me. I told you he wrote about me. But since you don't believe what he wrote, how will you believe what I say? What did Moses write? Out of all the things that Moses wrote, 
if you if anything at all well I th well no 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 we know he wrote Exodus in Genesis um out of all the things Moses wrote Moses wrote about Jesus but what is one of the very important things that we all know Moses wrote a lot of y'all didn't know Moses wrote Genesis so what do you know that Moses wrote Moses wrote the Ten Commandments. Well, God gave Moses the Ten Commandments. They broke. Moses had to write them again. Someone wrote them again. Moses had the Ten, ten Commandments. Those Ten Commandments and all of those other commandments. Those All those other laws. So it was like, why, why is Moses going to accuse us? Because you broke all, you broke the law. So Moses is going to accuse you. Gonna, you, you, you Pharisees, you're trying to keep the law. What you haven't done already, you've already broken this law. You've been trying hard as I don't know what to keep this law and you've broken it. You've broken it. So who's going to stand before you? Who's going to stand before you in judgment day and accuse you? Moses is the one that you put your hope in. But Moses told you about me. I'm the one that's going to get you off the hook. But no, you don't want me. You rather take the law that Moses was like is hanging you with. It's the dumbest thing. It's the most human thing. It's the most human nature of human nature-ish things. Ah, Lord help, man. Alright, so we're going to read. I don't know how long are we in on this. Yep, we are hour in. I don't care. <laughs> we'll be right back after these messages. All right, so we just finished John chapter 5, finally, praise God. It took us three weeks, I believe, to do that. But praise, praise the Lord, we are out of John 5. Um, and we're into, throwing right back into John chapter 6. This is the story of Jesus feeding the 5,000. And I, I'll be fairly quick with this one. After this, Jesus crossed over to the far side of the Sea of Galilee also known as the Sea of Tiberias. A huge crowd kept following him wherever he went because he saw his because they saw his miraculous signs as he healed the sick. Then Jesus climbed the hill and sat down with his disciples around him. It was nearly time for the Jewish Passover celebration. Jesus soon saw a huge crowd of people coming to look for him. Turning to Philip, he said, where can we buy bread to feed all these people? He was testing Philip, for he already knew what he was going to do. Philip replied, even if we worked for months, we wouldn't have enough money to feed them. Then Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, spoke up. There's a young boy here with five barley loaves and two fish. But what good is that with this huge crowd? Tell everyone to sit down, Jesus said. So they all sat down on the grassy slopes. The men alone numbered about 5,000. Then Jesus took the loaves, gave thanks to God, and distributed them to the people. Afterward, he did the same with the fish, and they all ate as much as they wanted. After, after everyone was full, Jesus told his disciples, Now gather the leftovers so that nothing is wasted. So they picked up the pieces and filled twelve baskets with scraps left by the people who had eaten from the five barley loaves. 
When the people saw him do this miraculous sign, they exclaimed, Surely he is the prophet we have been expecting. When Jesus saw that they were ready to to force him to be their king, he slipped away into the hills by himself. So only a few points that I have here. We're going to end here. Um, For emphasis, Jesus soon saw a huge crowd of people coming to look for him. Turning to Philip, he said, where can we buy bread to feed all these people? Again, Jesus is always, always trying to activate our faith. So they didn't know that there was a need. Well, number one, first of all, Jesus knew that there was a need. Well, there's a few things to unpack here. God is like downloading information into me right now. Thank you, Lord, into my spirit. Thank you. Um, There's a few things to unpack here. So, number one, I'm trying to tell you, Jesus likes to eat. <laughs> he likes to eat. He even says in his word, he's like, yo, he was like, yo, if you, if you ask me to come in with, if you ask me to come, I will sit and I will dine with you. Like Jesus is always eating, but it's more so like a, it's more so like a, a spiritual, um, eating, right? So there's a physical thing. Jesus likes to eat, but he also, if more over than all of that, it's a spiritual thing. Like I will dine with you. What is that? Like dining with someone was very intimate. It was a very intimate thing. And so Jesus is always looking to eat and for always people to be filled and all of that type of stuff. Um, to be filled up with him more. So so it was always representative of that. But um, he saw that there was a need. And so, but what Jesus does, he always looks to fulfill the, the physical need first so that you will be more receptible to the spiritual need. So you saw me fulfill this physical need. Now you you would be more inclined to know that I will fulfill your, your spiritual needs. We see Jesus in and each and every single one of our lives doing work in our lives. We see Jesus providing for us on a day-to-day basis. Again, give us this day our daily what? Bread. What does give us this day our daily bread mean? Is Lord, give us what you give us the things that we're going to need for today. Give us the things that we're going to need to live for today, which you do. Jesus is always trying to eat. Spiritually, but it's funny physically also. He's always trying to eat. It's funny to me. Um, so, but also he he's 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 imparting in Philip. He's in he's incepting into to Philip. Yo, there's a need here. What are we going to do? <laughs> like Philip's like, I don't know. You're Jesus at this point, right? You're Jesus, bro. He's like, where can we buy bread at this time? Where can we buy bread? So he's like, oh, snap. Where can we buy bread? So Jesus is like, look, all right, well, I'm setting the stage. I'm setting the stage. You got to understand it. So like when Jesus, when God makes you aware that there's a need in your life, he's setting the, oh, he's setting the stage. There's a need and I'm going to fulfill that need. I'm the need fulfiller. Thank you, Lord. See, it says right here, he was testing Philip for he already knew what he was going to do. Don't, ain't we so glad that we serve a God that that's, that knows the problem, wants to fulfill the, wants to find the solution and already knows how he's going to answer. What a mighty God we serve. 
going down to this is important to know I feel I grew up knowing this and I was just very like what are you kidding me when I was a kid tell everyone to sit down Jesus said so they all sat down on the grassy slopes the men alone numbered about 5,000 why does it say that because they didn't count women back in those days they didn't count women and children in those days that is terrible ain't it but understand and I'm trying to tell you Jesus is a feminist, not in the sense that you want him to be a feminist, but he is a feminist. He loves women. Jesus loves women. He's taking women into account. How do we know that he's taking women into account? Scroll down to, 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 to scroll down to, and they all ate. Afterward, he did the same with the fish, and they all ate so much. They, and they also ate so much. Uh, they all ate as much as they wanted. After everyone was full, Jesus told his disciples. So, sorry, I'm back up, back up. I'm getting ahead of myself. So they only counted the men. And the other thing is men ate before women and children. Men would eat first. So if they didn't have enough, thank you, Lord. If they didn't have enough, if they only had enough for the men, if they only had enough for the men, only the men would eat. So if there were 5,000 men there and it's like, dang, we got 3,000, we got enough for 3,000. 3,000 men would eat. No women or children would eat. Knowing, know it, and also back up again, these people, they're coming to hear Jesus speak. They're coming to hear Jesus speak and say things and do all of these teachings and stuff. He's like, oh man, they're coming, they coming to see me. I got to be a good host. I got to feed these people. And he does, he does just that. He provides. He is a provider. Who's the man? He's a provider. Jesus is judge and he's a provider is what we find out in, in chapter 5 and in chapter 6. Sheesh. And he does things in abundance. Keep this in mind. So, yes. So, yes. So, oh, okay. So. They picked up the pieces and filled 12 baskets with scraps left by people who had eaten from the five barley loaves. Jesus does things. Jesus, again, I told you in the beginning, Jesus does everything in abundance. So we know that the, not only the men were able to eat, but the women and the children that were there were able to eat as well. They had leftovers upon leftovers upon leftovers. He does things in abundance. He's an abundant God. Now unto him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all you could ever ask or think according to the power that works in you. Thank you, Lord. That was a scripture. The other podcast I couldn't remember. He does it in abundance. Verse 15. When Jesus saw they were ready to force him to be their king, he slipped away into the hills by himself. This is essentially, um, essentially and simply put, he's like, it's not my time. I, I don't want to be king the way that you want me to be king. Because you want me to make, you want me to be king in this, in this aspect because I did this and I did that. That I want to be king. I am king. I'm already king, number one. But I'm going to be king but I'm going to be king in the way that you need me to be king, not in the way that you want me to be king. This is just something that I do. Yes, kings provide. Yes, kings are judges. Yes, kings do these things. Kings are kings. 
do things in abundance. This is awesome. Yes, but still, I'm not the king that you the, in the way that you want me to be king. I'm not the king in the way that you think that I should be king. I'm not. You're taking me off the mission. You're trying to take me off the mission. And no, I have a mission and I have a purpose. My purpose is to be king and to be lord over your soul. My 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 mission is to save your souls, not to be king in the way that you you don't put me in my place. I put me in my place. God puts me in my place is what, what moreover, what Jesus was saying in chapter five. I'm king. I'm king the way that I'm supposed to be king. I don't want to be king over this. I don't want to be king over this um, this aspect. I don't want to be king over over this part of your life. I don't just want to be king over here and then you do whatever it is you want to do over here and over there. I want it all. And every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess that Jesus is Lord. Father God, we thank you for this time. We thank you, Lord God, for showing up with us. And, and, and man, I did not know that you were going to do all of this today. And I never do. Like, it's always an exciting time. And it's always something that I always have to prepare myself for and be ready for, even when I'm not ready. But God, you do show up and... Um, you say more than I ever intended to say, and you give me strength to be able to say what it is that you want me to say. So, God, we thank you for for this word. We thank you for, um, you know, just allowing yourself to be known and allowing us to walk through your word to know you better. Now, Lord, let us not just be readers of your word, but doers also. I pray that. And I pray also right now that if anyone out there that is listening to this podcast that has not accepted you as their Lord and Savior, that they that they would do so. It's 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 not a standard prayer that you pray. It's not, oh, I got to go to church to be saved. Oh, I got to do this in front of my mom or I got to do this in front of my aunt. She's been waiting for me to get saved. They, they, it's not a, it's not that type of thing. It's not a graduation. It's not a walking across the stage thing where you need your family to be there for. You know where, where your family will be, where they will most want to see you. You already know it in heaven. Receive him right now. You can say you can pray a prayer just as simple as this. It's like, Lord, I want you. I, I, I need you as my savior. I am a sinner and I need you. Please, please save me from my sins. Thank you for thank you for standing in my place. Thank you for you. you thank you for doing what it is that um would have you would have been justified if I had to do those things. If I had to die for my sins, I, I would. I, I am. And a lot of people are without you but i don't want to i i rather have you come into my life take me make me conform me into your image and you don't have to say it like that let your heart say it like that say jesus just it's simple jesus i want you come into my life i repent i turn away from my sin i don't want the life that i was living i want you because I heard that in you, there's life and there's life more abundantly. I like to party. I want to really party. I want to I want to party for real. Lord, we love you. We honor you.
and we praise you. I pray that I pray that there are people out there that that know you. You know, I know that they know you, but they've turned their they've turned away from you, and they you know they they look at the world and they say, look, this this looks more tantalizing right now. But Lord, I pray that they are that that there is a mass turning back to you even now, even with the COVID nineteen situation going on, there are people turning back to you. There are atheists turning back to you. I saw an article the other day, doctor. He was like, look, I believe in science. I'm an atheist. He was like, look, there's only Jesus can explain. Only God can explain the things that we've been seeing. Lord, you are real. And Lord, you are good. And your mercies endure forever. We love you. We glorify you. And we put our whole lot on you. And we trust you. It is in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.